you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. To the Friday Fun Show. That's a working title, your guide via Around the NFL to Week 15 and perhaps beyond. Dan Hans is here. Mark Sessler, as he told us repeatedly behind the scenes, uh, Greg, was not going to be on today's episode. Where he is, I assume maybe he had something happen maybe in the mess hall at the penitentiary and he's in the hole. That's what I'm going to go with. Patrick Claybon here as well, if I haven't mentioned, with Greg Rosenthal. What's up, guys? I like to imagine him having fun. I like to imagine him in the comments right now, leaving us questions uh, for the Friday Fun Show. He's, he's passionately leading an escape charge. Um, he's grabbed the microphone and he's like, "One way out," and we are not giving up to him. What's the uh, in uh, Shawshank? Is it a picture of Raquel Welch? It is. Wait, Mark no. is a man that is strong. If he sets his mind to something, he can achieve it. And I could see him burrowing through a prison wall over the course of 12 years. <laughs> I could see it. And Greg, uh, before we get into everything, we got a lot to get it, get to here. Um, I know we teased Connor Orr was going to be on the show and uh, sharing some of his Christmas movie recommendations for 2022. Unfortunately, we have to push that to Tuesday. So I'm sorry if you were excited. I and was. If, if you're in the live stream right now only for Connor's Christmas movie Rex 2022, apologies. Hopefully you stick around. Greggy, I know that you, you did your um, wheezy out there, which I like. Uh, but the one thing that you and I need to work on is you say it right as I start. And mm-hmm. maybe we can work out some type of thing where we're not like talking over each other at the same time. I like it, though. Well, that's when the beat hits. That's when, you know, the that's when he says it. So... Right, tough. right. Tough, so then it becomes stitch. who gets the beat, uh, the beat drop. And uh, maybe I'll, as my Christmas gift to you is I'm going to give you the beat drop. Okay. I love it. That's all, all right. I've ever wanted. A lot to get to today. We have week 15 predictions. We have a injury minute that uh, from Greg Rosenthal coming up that had a, uh, a bomb dropped on my morning, put it that way. Uh, we're going to get to that regarding, regarding a certain quarterback playing in East Rutherford uh, this weekend. Uh, it's about me. 
is not about me or Patrick. Piece it together. But before that, let's, uh, and of course, again, thank you to everybody on the live stream right now. Um, we will hear from you as the episode goes along. Claybon is an expert of checking in in real time with the live stream. So not only will he be interjecting his comments, I think, Patrick, you have full, um, as an honorary hero, you have full power to grab comments and shoot them into the stream yourself. Oh, uh, my God. Yes. Okay. We're, that, that is, that's my gift to you. So I'm just handing out all these gifts. Wow, Unbelievable. the season of lights. <laughs> the God of Bongo. What can he not do? Let's get to <laughs> Thursday Night Football, though, as we begin our charge through Week 15. Purdy and a pistol. McCaffrey behind him. Use check to the side. He looks right. Comes left. Throws down the sideline. Wide open. George Kittle. 30. 20. Cuts inside. 10. Cuts inside again. Touchdown! San Francisco! Mm, the great Greg Papa with the call for KNBR. And something tells me, gentlemen, we're going to keep hearing Greg Papa through January and even the second week of February because the San Francisco 49ers, with the kid at quarterback, still look dominant. And the final score doesn't look that way. 21-13 over the host Seahawks in a game that allowed the Niners to clinch the NFC West uh, with three full weeks to go after this one. Um, but Patrick, make no mistake, San Francisco with this kid quarterback who looks very much comfortable uh, with this immense responsibility that fell into his lap, they're going to be tough to beat. And, and the thing is, he's not just managing games. This isn't like, this isn't early season. Oh, there's a quarterback controversy in Dallas. Like Brock Purdy was making plays. And some of it is the Seahawks' defense is really struggling right now. They could not get off the field, but we can't take away from what Brock Purdy did. There was the Travis Homer fumble. Uh, the game could have been different, uh, hinging on a couple of different things. Uh, but as as difficult as it was, this is a road game for Brock Purdy, his very first on Thursday night in a division like deciding game, essentially. And he went out there and balled. So uh, I'm I'm not picking against them uh, anymore. This I've made this mistake two weeks in a row. I'm, I'm not doing it. I'm done. Who you pick? You picked against the Seahawks against the 49ers in this game? I did. I, I, I took G I took Geno at home against the rookie quarterback making his first start on the road, mm. thinking that maybe Seattle mm. would get off the field one time on third down, and and they didn't. I'm picking up another game on Claybond in the game debut stand-ins. It's ugly. I wish Seattle had more routes to win this game, but they had one, which was get a couple of the breaks, play clean football, and make Purdy look like a rookie. And for a minute in the second quarter, he did. Kind of once they went through their 15-play script, there, there, they did get a couple stops. We find out after the game that Purdy you know, really couldn't throw the ball this week, that it was up in the air more whether he was going to make it through this game you know, because of the oblique injury and they get a couple stops and you mentioned it the, the Seahawks are driving down 7-3 late in the second quarter uh, hopefully you get a field goal there to make it 7-6 at halftime Homer has that fumble and it came right after Purdy had his worst throw as a pro right into Quandre Diggs's bread basket Diggs drops it the Homer 
fumble, of course, you know, goes right into uh, the 49ers' hands. Great play by Dre Greenlaw, who's just playing at an all-pro level. They return it to the five. So Purdy has his worst quarter as a pro, but he gets the ball back at the five-yard line. They run it in. They start the second half with a busted coverage where he makes a nice read and goes deep instead of taking kind of the check down to McCaffrey. But ultimately, it's a busted coverage, and Purdy is just living this amazingly charmed life, and he's got some skills, too. He can throw on the move, and he just is making this 49ers team more interesting, I think, than when they had Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, for sure. This is a great storyline, and uh, I think I wasn't alone. It was nice to see the the story of what Brock Purdy was able to do against Tom Brady in San Francisco, but we know the Bucs are kind of a mess this year, and you wanted to kind of see more. I could say now, all right, we saw him win on the road in primetime, but how will he fare against, you know, a big time team? I don't need to I don't need that. I, I don't think that Purdy is necessarily a guy that's going to lead their offense in a way that's the way Kurt Warner did for the Rams in ninety nine. But I think he's already now shown that this is something he's gonna be able to handle. And as we know with the San Francisco offense, you don't need the quarterback to be Superman. So he's this is kind of a perfect setup for him to become one of the more memorable stories uh, in a long time if things keep going this way. Because, you know, they played without Debo Samuel, one of the most dangerous offensive players of the year uh, in the league, and it, it didn't matter. They just took care of business in this game. I think the homer fumble was devastating for Seattle. Uh, they were down 7-3 with, un- with under two minutes to go in the half. You had San Francisco getting the ball to start the third quarter. And it's like that was the only thing that you cannot do. You can't cough it up and, and give Purdy and San Francisco a, a quick score. And then, sure enough, as Greg says, the coverage bust for the second Kittle TD. And that first Kittle TD was really impressive. And and they did a good job, uh, Herb Street, calling it out the way Purdy is so under control. And you could tell he's so comfortable in this offense where – um, the, the pass looks like it's going to be a swing one side or the other, and he goes through the motions, sucks the defense in, and then just hits over the middle uh, for that t- first touchdown to Kittle. So a very encouraging game again for Purdy. And, yeah, I just the, – they're my pick now. Like, if I Ooh. if I had to pick one team that I think is going over all the, the way, I think, I think San Francisco is. Yeah, I think they're the team, uh, the Eagles, with no disrespect to the Eagles, but – I just they don't they don't they have that kind of vibe that feeling right now that this is a straight juggernaut not that the Eagles aren't I understand that it's a little bit of disrespect it's a little it's bit of disrespect. a tiny a tiny bit of disrespect the, the, just you know, tiny, the argument if, if you're disrespect. if you're Philly because I was breaking it down I was thinking this 49ers defense has five Pro Bowlers which is crazy to have five on one side Bosa's for sure Warner's for sure I think Greenlaw should make it. Uh, Charvarius Ward locked up DK Metcalf and really uh, showed himself out and has been great uh, all season. And your guy Hufunga might might make it too. That's fine. But the, the Eagles might have that many too, and they have an MVP quarterback uh, candidate at quarterback. And so I, th- I think that's tough, but I, I think Purdy's not going to have to do as much, to your point, as Jalen Hurts is going to have to do. I love seeing CMC. At one point, he had 30 of 59 touches. And there weren't like many big plays. It's like a 20-yard run and one 10-yard pass, but it's just a lot of fives, a lot of six. He's showing a lot of toughness. Uh, but I still wouldn't put them at Philly's level, especially because they'll be on the road in that game. But it does feel, in, even though it is presumptuous, it, it feels like that's the NFC Championship game. Like, mm. at, at this moment, in terms of the way these two teams are playing. And yeah, it's it's... Maybe you're asking Jalen Hurts to do more, and he's going to have to do. But that's that's been the entire season, right? And like, is CJGJ dropping the pick 
that Quadre Diggs did last night, right? Is, is James or James Bradbury and Darius Slay not making play? These are two very good teams, and something weird could happen. Of course, the ball's not around; they got to play the games. But it just it feels like destiny uh, that these two are going to meet up. And as for Seattle, now they're seven and seven, and they, they do profile right now as a team that peaked too soon. Um, I didn't think uh, Greg. I didn't think Gino, for instance was terrible. I know that should have been a pick six and another terrible roughing the passer call. Wipe that away. But I felt this was more a buzzsaw game where San Francisco's defense is just in, in such a zone right now that every yard you you just you just you're fighting and scratching. DK Metcalf, I could guarantee he woke up sore this morning. That guy is a machine and a beast and and you know they would just they, they gave him nothing. Uh, Tyler Lockett breaks his finger in this game. He's going to miss time. So this could be the end of your uh, your pet team, Seattle. Group. I know Lockett's injury really hurts them. It sounds like he's going to miss multiple weeks. They're at Kansas City next week. They're you know that, that that's a big ass. So they're probably seven and eight. They finish with two home games with the Jets and the Rams. It's another tough defense for Gino to go against <laughs> uh, with Lockett out. But if you if you won those two games and you lost to the Chiefs, you're nine and eight, and you'll have you'll have a chance maybe to get in. But they were Gino didn't play well. He could have had two or three picks. Um, no one played well. It was it really just was crazy to see like a team get physically dominated at literally every position. Their offensive line, there. defensive yep. line, linebackers, like defensive backs, like it just felt like they were getting bullied around and it was a minor miracle. Their defense had a chance to get a stop to in a one score game at the end because it probably shouldn't have been that close. Um, all right. And after the game, by the way, it was a t-shirt and hat game, as we said, the Niners are NFC West champions. And you know, this is a big rivalry, obviously Seattle and San Francisco, um, they have a lot of history, as we know. After the game, Kyle Shanahan um, had the quote, this isn't our final goal by any means. And let me hit the trope alert on that one. Um, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay, teams, to live in the moment a little bit when you win a division. That That's hard. It's hard to win a division. It's hard to win the NFC West. And when you're saying things like, this isn't our final goal, and then you the other one you see all the time, the Eagles use this on, this is just the first step. We know, we know, guys. Just savor it because we're not we're not presuming that you think that the season is now a success. We like the Niners; they almost went to the Super Bowl last year. We know this is just the first step for you guys, so don't worry about it. You don't have they to say it. They were having fun. They were. We're working fun. under the 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 uh, presumption that you want it all. I'm just giving, letting them know they can have some fun and enjoy a moment like this without adding those qualifiers. Can you give us? Can you give us the example? Like, let's say you're Kyle Shanahan, you just hit the podium, and I'm like, Coach, uh, your fourth uh, <laughs> NFC West championship. What's this moment mean to you right now? It's it, we're, we're extremely proud of ourselves. This is something uh, we have to savor, obviously, because <laughs> we deserve it. This is something that um, we've worked hard for, and it's just the first step. But we're going to celebrate on the plane. We are going to get drunk on that goddamn plane because we deserve it. And we'll be back to work uh, come hell. They're off till Tuesday. Go crazy this weekend, guys. Kyle. And then Brian McCarthy, like, parachutes into the press conference, and he's like, "Um, there will be no drinking on the plane. (laughs) Uh, All right. Let's check in with the uh, live streamers. They need a name. The the streakers, the, the stream team, the stream team. Now you gave me a gift, Patrick. <laughs> All right, here I'm we go. Some of these. Let's get some. Uh, 
commentary from the stream team. I'm going to just say one that I'm reading myself. Blue Malicious says, no, there must never be. There must be never-ending solemnity at all times, Dan. No enjoyment. <laughs> <laughs> I like that word. Philip Hatch, do you think the 49ers could beat the Eagles to go Super Bowl? Well, we just had that conversation. Um, and you guys think I put a little disrespect on the Eagles? I get that. The Eagles are awesome this year, and they're 12-1, and and they're going to have that number one seed. But if there's one team that is going to go into Philly uh, at the end of January and not be afraid of it, oh, man, Nick Bosa... Uh, that that front seven you just saw with Chadarvius uh, Chadarvius Charvarius Charvarius did to DK Metcalf. They're physical. They're mean. Uh, that's going to be a great game. Everybody stay healthy. Stay healthy. D- and go, go get, get that back. two seed 49ers. There's still a lot to play for there too. They can get that two seed from the Vikings. I, I think they have a a better than average chance according to most playoff models. Nice, Greggy. What else? Aaron Jaffe. Javet. Uh Will the Seahawks make the playoffs in the blink of an eye? They're suddenly on the outside looking in. Greg, I will throw it to you on this one. Now, keep in mind, and by the way, good job by, even though the Sunday night football team obviously has a bias against my Jets, uh, good job on the flex of Giants commanders because that's more and more feeling like a win and in type game for that team, especially with Seattle now going down. Do you think the Seahawks still have a path, though? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you mean having the game in Kansas City just feeling like a loss is a killer. You got to kind of root for the commanders to just take charge of that sixth spot. I mean, you could root for them to win against the Giants and then both of those other teams collapse. It's possible. I think the Giants can fall right out of it. And so then the last spot go- comes down to the Lions and the Seahawks. Wait, did you say commanders should take charge of the sixth spot when you had it right there? It was right in front of you, Greg. He, he refused. <laughs> he's, he's anti they got to go ahead and uh, take them in. Uh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> the, the schedule for the Lions after this Jets game at Carolina, Bears, and Packers. I, I look at all these team schedules, and it feels like they could win any game, uh, but they certainly could lose any game. And so I think 9-8 and eight has a realistic chance for Seattle. And then depending on uh, who they end up tying with, uh, they do have the tiebreaker over the Giants, and uh, they have it over the Lions, right? They beat the Lions, so that's pretty good stuff. Mm-hmm. What else we got? Drunk cow of death. I like that. If the cow go, if the Cowboys go one and done again, is McCarthy on the hot seat? Claybon. Uh yes, I, I think he is. But it's it's one of those things where if you fire Mike McCarthy, do you need some sort of agreement with Sean Payton beforehand? Like, is <laughs> is is that? Have you already had the conversations with Mickey Loomis? I I think it's one of those things where if it's Sean Payton and if that's reasonable, then yeah, he, he may be he may be gone no matter what. Um, but if not, then what are you ultimately doing? Are you promoting Dan Quinn? Like, how do they go about making this actual change? And when I say they, it's, there's one man making this decision, and me and him aren't necessarily on the same wavelength regarding anything. So it's it's tough to predict. Uh, but I do think he wants Sean Payton. Um, and yeah, it's it's probably if they don't go to the championship game, uh, and Sean Payton's there, then then yeah, I, I, wow. I think it's over. Which they haven't even made the championship game in 27 years, 26 years. So this, you know, at a certain point, um, you know, urgency for Jera is going to come into play here. He's in his 80s now, I believe. And and if Peyton's there and there's an opportunity, yeah, he just turned 80. Um, I agree. I think they cannot limp to the finish line or have another one and done. I think 
I think I'll, I'll say this. Though. I think if they win a playoff game, I could see Jones being satiated enough to see the glass half full. But if they do what they did last year, for instance, I think yeah. McCarthy's going to pay. For and they're it. and they're pro- oh, they're probably at the NFC South champion, no matter what. So that's that's a winnable game. And well, you never some go sort on. Of like, yeah, categorical failure to where it's like obviously this could have been remedied by better coaching again. Like it can't that can't Nobody, happen again. Nobody wants to go on the road to face Sam Darnold in January. Trust me. So hopefully <laughs> for their, if they're lucky, they get Tom Brady, obviously, but we'll see how it all shakes out. Finally, Zach Trama uh, question. How much of a chance do we give the Panthers of winning the NFC South? Their remaining schedule is a lot easier than the bucks. Uh, we talked about this on um, the Thursday preview show. It's there for the, it's there for the Panthers. Um, just like we were talking about the Jaguars with the Titans. Sorry, uh, Graver. But let's see what they got. They home against Steelers. That's you gotta that's a gotta have it game. Then you're home against Lions. Gotta uh gotta have you gotta win three or four. So home Steelers, home Lions, at Bucks, at Saints. I think three or four gives you the division. Can they do that? Especially know. if you win the two division games, yeah, you got to win the two road division games. They're three and one in the division. That would make them five and one in the NFC South. And if they beat the Bucks, they sweep that season series, so they would mm-hmm. then have the tiebreaker. But who knows? I, we've, we're past the point where we can even presume whatever happens at Week 18 has the Bucks in a tie. I mean, they could completely free fall at this point the way they played the season. Wee, it ain't Next. pretty, but it's compelling. The next Panthers win gets Steve Wilkes more wins this season than any season that Matt Rule had um, mm. as the Panthers head coach. <laughs> that is, he's a very compelling interim coach, getting the label ripped off guy for sure, especially if they finish strong. All right. Ooh. Here we go. Every time. Every time. Greg Rosenthal. Greg, we can't time. start till we hear the the legendary hero. I uh I love hearing that from the Bong God. Dan Handis. That was a suggestion, by the way, from one of the, the Bong God. The bong God. No, it is a it's, it's about a three, me. three word title. God of Bongo. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the great Lakeisha Jackson Wessling is in town, staying at Zeuser Manor, and it's a it's a joy to have a Wessling uh, in the building with me. Well, that that makes me think of uh, a time on this podcast when I had you know Mark uh, was was to my left, uh, Chris Wessling was right next to him. You you of course were on the other corner, right, Dan? And now I'm now mm-hmm. I'm forgetting where everyone sat, and I made the proposal to make a regular season by the NFL two games a day exactly for 128 days straight. I had worked it all out and I wanted that to be it. I just wanted more football at all times. So I I bring that up as someone uh, that is clearly loyal to football before saying right. Would you be in charge? I'm sorry. I'm not supposed to jump in, but but the medical expenses. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't, you don't jump in. It's about me. We do not need three games on Christmas. We don't need it. We don't need three games on Christmas. We don't even need one. But I get it. Like, the NBA owns Christmas, and you want to mess with them, and you want money. But some things are more important than money. 
Imagine Christmas in Chicago, Dan and Patrick. The daughter of Patrick Darty, writer at Roto World, asks her dad if she can open her one final present, and he says, oh no, I'm sorry, uh, A.J. Dillon has a thigh injury before this <laughs> Dolphins-Packers game, and a lot of people are stacking Dillon with Rodgers and uh, Romeo oh. Dobbs this week. Sorry, honey. <laughs> oh no, please stop crying. Uh, imagine Christmas uh-huh. in Cincinnati, where some far-flung relative of Chris Collinsworth can't ask him for a job on the highest-rated television show in the country. Oh! Uh, because Chris is gone uh, announcing game between oh. Colt McCoy and the Bucks. Like, enough with Colt McCoy, enough with the Bucks. We do not need them on Christmas. Savage. Imagine Christmas in Dallas, where Tony Romo's child asks Mommy where Daddy is. And she says, he's in Los Angeles announcing Broncos Rams. Yes. And, her, and his child says, don't they have a combined record of 9-15 and 15 entering Week 15? Uh, And she says, yes, that's true. But the game looked like it was good before the season. Well, at least, Mommy, uh, we can think about their draft picks and which top five pick the loser will have. No, honey, they traded their (laughs) draft picks. I'm saying this as someone who dropped his own kids off at the airport last night. There is nothing more depressing than being in LAX traffic on the way out around midnight after dropping your kids uh, at the airport during Christmas. They didn't even have a flight. He just dropped them off at the airport. Yeah, I, need, I need a distraction more than anyone, and I don't want this distraction. I'm loyal to football, but football, you're in a timeout for this Christmas. You're sleeping out in the garage for a week. Yeah, I, I thought it was... I understand the angle, because the ratings will be great. They always are. Um, and if you if you want to have a Christmas night game, go for it. But I'm with you. You know, the I've kind of fallen out in terms of my F- NBA fandom, but I always enjoyed that the unofficial tip off of NBA on Christmas Day. So NFL said we're coming for that scepter, and I don't know. It is what it is, I guess. It is what it is. I don't know what else to say. But I'm yeah. with you. Yeah, it's um, we would like to have some time. Uh, three is absolutely excessive. Uh, I I could deal with one, but three just and maybe and maybe it's a little bit you know personal. I'm sure everybody else loves having NFL games to watch available, but for those working, it it's uh, it's a tough ask. It's a tough ask on the day. Even for those not working, it's it, it's a lot. And then the fact that the games this year are what they're Dolphins. Um, Packers in the morning, 10 a.m. on the West Coast. Then Broncos Rams. To me, that that is a sad scene in in uh, in Los Angeles in the middle of the day. And then Bucks Cardinals to to wrap up. So I would I would think why don't we go to uh, why don't we take a jump on a plane, go to Park Avenue, and um, I'll just I'll knock on the door, and uh, you know who will answer, and I'll say, hey, how about we flex. Um, how about we flex Christmas, the three Christmas games out? Uh, and the figure will say, okay, um, I'm all years. You guys have a successful podcast on our platform. Uh, what do you want to flex in on Christmas Day? And I go, uh, Jesus. <laughs> Family. Love. Uh, I mean, look, we're all about the we're all about the Saturday triple header on NFL Network this week. You know, you're getting your Christmas shopping. You're coming back. You check part of the game. You right. then you're you're home in time for Dolphins Bills, the nightcap like you're you're coming and going. That's beautiful. 
but Christmas is too much. Yeah. Greg, you know I'm not going to church like three times a week, but I think if we pull the JC card, it just will have <laughs> a little bit more like, ooh, do we have to consider this? I think they considered it, and then they scheduled the, the triple header. <laughs> I think were Jesus uh, making a return and it was scheduled and promoted, uh, they would still flex Jesus out to play three football games on Christmas Day. <laughs> All right, let's uh, move on before we don't have a podcast anymore. Let's check back in with the listeners, see what they have to say. In case you're just joining us, Mark uh, either is in the hole or he dug a hole. But either way, when we turned the cameras on, he was not in his prison cell. Connor Orr, supposed to be giving us his Christmas Rex. We had to push that to Tuesday, but get excited. It's going to be a home run. What else we got? Oh, uh, Mark Ferrarasi, Paisan. I could think of about 40 million ways that Romo working on Christmas isn't too bad for his kids. <laughs> okay. Uh, what is that? Is that the is that like the old Terrell Owens agent thing? Yeah, yeah, I, think I get so. it. I mean, I th- I thought about yeah using maybe the you know production assistant that's helping out uh, would be a, a better example, but it doesn't quite have the same pop as as Tony Romo on the road. Uh, 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 one of the uh, listeners suggested as as the commenter's name the stream of ATL, which I really like. Yeah, it's really good. The stream of good. ATL. I like that. Uh, how about this, Greggy? This one's for you. Jenna, Abel, let's get some Hanukkah games in there. One game for eight crazy nights. Oh, that would be kind of fun. That that speaks more to my original scheduling idea, which I'm no longer in favor of officially, by the way, the two games a day. Uh, that was that was before a second child and before, I, you know, a lot of more years doing this podcast. Patrick, you want to pull one from the uh, the side here? Yeah, yeah. Let's see what we got. I'll, I'll switch uh, over. You to want the... to throw it up while while Patrick looks. Justin, do you have one else? Uh, another one teed up? Uh, Jenna, again, are the Commanders a good team? They've been last in the division almost all season, but they're always top 15 in the power rankings. Ah, there you go, Jenna. And have a similar record as the Dolphins, but no one talks about them. I feel like we talk about the Commanders. We've given them, for a team that, as messy as they are uh, behind the scenes, uh, the team itself is pretty hard-nosed and has played very well uh, of late. So, yeah, and as far as the power rankings go, Power rankings are absurd right now. There are seven teams, if you count the Vikings, that make sense in the first seven slots, and even the Vikings I struggle with. And then eight through 16, you could literally put any of those teams eight or any of those teams 16 because that's the way it feels to me right now. So right now I have the commanders in the top 15, but, you know, it's very fluid. Uh, The precise power ranking. My question, uh, the question I see is from Caleb, and I'm going to add an addendum to it for you guys. Uh, he wants. Can to you know, show it? Can you can you hit the plus sign and show it? I don't. I don't think I can because I'm not. I don't think we have, have that ability, do we? Yeah, I, I oh. don't. I don't actually have the power. But uh, awkward. What do you got? The first coach fired on Black Monday, non-interim edition. I will add that addendum. Who gets fired first? And oh. also, are, are any? Of the, haven't we already fired everybody? Uh, Hackett's going. I think that's with new ownership, with everything that's happened with Russell Wilson and the commitment they have to him. I'm almost certain Hackett is done, and maybe even before Black Black Monday, but probably is. A, you know, we find out maybe Sunday into Black Monday would be my prediction there. I'm going to just speak this into existence, although this feels cruel. But uh, Dennis Allen, <laughs> speak it into existence. You're so mean. Usually, I'm not, but they need to change. <laughs> It hasn't worked out, at least this year, with Dennis Allen and the Saints. Uh, all right. What do we got? Oh, it's time now 
for the Greg Rosenthal Week 15 Injury Minute presented by Acrisure, Lethal Poison for Rats, Potent Edibles for Tired Moms. <laughs> that doesn't sound safe. Uh, not safe out here for the Patriots, by the way. Devontae Parker, you saw that concussion. He looks out. Jacoby Myers, he looks out. He's had been recovering from a concussion for a while. Ramondre Stevenson, he looks out. Rough. Uh, D- Damian Harris might be back, and so it might be uh, Christian Barmore. Remember him? He used to be good. Barmore. He's been on injured reserve. I like saying his name. Christian yeah, for Barmore. a long time. Uh, Cortland Sutton looks out again for the Broncos. Russell Wilson has been trending as of this recording uh, towards coming back from that concussion. T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd have been at practice. Boyd looks more likely to play than T. Higgins, but it seems like both have a shot. Uh, no Traylon Burks in practice so far this week. Teron Armstead practiced enough to make us think he will play this week. Jeff Wilson, the running back, looks like a legit game-time decision on Saturday night. Saquon's not even on the injury report anymore, which is nice. Claypool, Chase Claypool, rather, uh, has been out of practice after the bye, which is uh, disappointing. Uh-oh. No Lamar. Uh, we know that. Huntley, as of this recording, is trending towards... Uh, a yes, Steelers will not have Kenny Pickett. He is doubtful officially. Fryermuth has been out of practice, but I think he's going to be okay. We still don't know about the Steelers quarterback. I think it's going to be a uh, little Mason Rudolph time. Corey Davis God. has been out of practice. And as you know, Dan, Mike White has been ruled out for this game. And we're getting Zach Wilson back in our lives. Yeah, this is very interesting, Greggy, and thank you for that incredibly concise and accurate injury minute. Um, disappointing, yes, uh, because I think Mike White gives the Jets a better chance to win than Zach Wilson. I also, I'm, I'm kind of this part of me from a human being angle. I didn't like, and I said it on Sunday show, so this isn't a retroactive hot take that I didn't like the way the Jets handled Mike White and putting him back on the field, especially after that second hit. So at least there's some people in that building and the team doctors in this case that said, no, he, especially the Jets had a short week after this against the Jaguars and Thursday night football. You got to let this guy get right. Ribs are tricky. Now the Zach Wilson side of it is very interesting because while I have my doubts on a a super high level that he's going to be able to play the guitar after being inactive for three weeks after what we've seen from him. It does set up well for him in, in the sense that, well, good and bad. Here's the good. At home um, against a Lions defense that has gotten better but still can be attacked. You have uh, the offense uh, not scoring a lot of points, but putting up yards. So the general vibe around the offense is good. You have uh, Bam Knight, who has emerged as an actual piece in their running game. He wasn't there uh, post Brees Hall when Zach Wilson was still starting. So you have a little more structure in the running game. So just like we talked about setting up well for Mike White, uh, when you looked at the schedule ahead, now Wilson is going to get an opportunity here. This isn't going to Buffalo uh, on short notice for Zach Wilson. He should be able to move the ball. Uh, the downside, boys, is the Jet fans are over Zach Wilson. Uh, the Jets fans wanted to see Mike White in this game. The Jets fans know how important this is a gotta-have-it Sunday for the Jets. And if Wilson is doing the Wilson stuff, which is scattershot arm, eyes looking at the pass rush, scrambling to Nowheresville, throwing p- – he is going to get booed out of that building by the second quarter. Mm. So uh, you want to be a pro quarterback? You want to be an NFL guy? You want to get paid big money and be a big star? 
Uh, it comes with pressure, and that boy is under an immense amount of pressure on Sunday. It would it just, would help if he were better. Um, I don't know that the I don't know that the pressure is the problem. The problem might be uh, he he might just not be good. I don't know if he'll face a lot of pass rush pressure. We'll see. Lions defense has been playing better, and the Jets offensive line has been poor. When Zach Wilson's under you know pressure from the defense, that's where he crumbles. When he's protected, that offense just gets guys open, and he's com- you know he can find o- enough open guys if he has the time to do it. And so I I tend to. I tend to spin it positive, at least just for Zach Wilson, in that he'll probably, he'll almost certainly be better than the last time you saw him. And he'll probably play okay. And and whether they win or not, I don't know. But I, I do hesitate to, uh, it is, you know, got to have it Sunday. But I, I am uh, already leery of a lot of like, their season's over or not for a lot of these teams on Sunday. Because these AFC races at the end are full of mediocre teams that are going to lose games and it they're not going to all rip off 4 and 0 they're you know down the stretch like 3 and 1's going to get it done and 2 and 2 might get it done for some of these teams ultimately cuz I don't trust any of them to win four straight yeah and my buddy Howie in New York texted me he's like you know Mike White is definitely coming back in the lineup as soon as he's able to right and I and I thought to myself that's actually a an interesting question because let's say let's spin truly optimistically and the Jets put up 400 yards against the Lions with Zach Wilson. Uh, I think internally they'd be clicking their heels and and they would stick with Zach Wilson and hope they could build on that because they have such a huge investment in him. So I think Wilson now um, has an, a, a huge opportunity now. Things It feel like, felt like all was lost for him this season and he wasn't going to see the field again. Now he gets an opportunity and I think if he plays well, they might even run run with him. I'm not hmm. sure if they would, but I think if he plays really well, there will be a lot of internal pressure to keep him in the lineup just because of what he is, the number two overall pick. So Let's say Zach Wilson in, in his last few games has five touchdowns, two interceptions, and completes 65% of his passes. Would you want to bring Mike White back and Zach Wilson? Like, would you pay? Because Mike White's going to be a free agent, Dan. Like, would, would you want them both back? If Zach plays well. So Zach throws five touchdowns the rest of the year, you said? Five touchdowns, two picks the rest of the year. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't think that's going to be best. enough for me. I would, in that case, uh, let White go or try to move Wilson in a trade and bring in one of these high-level high, high level veterans. Um, and, Derek and Carr, congratulations. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I know. I'm a little high. I know Carr is not the most popular guy, but I feel like he would – be a vast upgrade uh, over White or Wilson personally, but I, I really, I would be very surprised if this uh, come August the Jets don't have a high-profile new quarterback that's a veteran. Hmm. That's that's how I see this, uh, and and bummer for Mike White because this does kind of stop any momentum he had. Uh, we'll see, but it's you know it's always interesting. And by the way, Salah did speak today. Do we have this graver? Uh, you know the coach is uh, grasping for straws when he's talking about his second-year quarterback and he's citing college stats to say that he's good. I mean, he's he's the same quarterback that once went 18 for 18 in the bowl game, so he's very capable. It's just a matter of just being conscientious and tying everything together. <laughs> oh God! In case of emergency, <laughs> flip the uh, you know Dunkin' Donuts bowl switch. I mean, Gino completed 15 or 16 straight passes last night, and that that wasn't, like, the greatest performance, though. Uh, All right. Anything else? Oh, we have predictions. Let's go through the Week 14 predictions. Let's go, Zach. 
Come on, Zach. This is your last chance. I really do think this is Zach Wilson's final chance <laughs> to make uh, a true impression on it. The, they will move on if he bombs in this game. They will turn back to Mike White as soon as possible and then go get a new quarterback. Mm. Or keep Mike White, but probably get a new quarterback. That is, that's a lot of pressure, Claybon, in addition to not maybe being very good. Yeah, that, that's the problem. This. That's the yeah. problem with pressure uh, and, <laughs> and playing football when the, the other people might be better than you. Uh, you never want to be under a ton of pressure and not be good, no matter a, what the field it's is. It's a dangerous combination. <laughs> it's a very dangerous. Speaking, um, would you guys? Are we doing pr- predictions? I kind of lost. Yeah, here are the predictions from last week, uh, Mark. I don't really need to go through them, but all, he was zero for four. And, although we don't know that Rachel will meet somebody on Saturday who will change her life. Hey, Justin, can you reach out to Rachel and see if she could jump on real quick before we say goodbye to see what happened with her last Saturday? Um, <laughs> Watson struggles, <laughs> Zeuser said, multiple turnovers and lost to Bengals. Uh, he didn't play well, but I don't know if he had multiple turnovers and it wasn't really what I predicted. I thought people would be talking Jake Brisket. Uh, mm. Dolphins dropped 40 plus in the Chargers. Ah, marron, Greggy. Mm. That was rough. And uh, Rachel had Derek Carr has nightmares about Baker Mayfield. Justin said they're all misses, so I guess that he knows what's in the mind of Derek Carr. But uh, let's get to this week's predictions. Claybon. Okay. Uh, my week 15 prediction, we were just talking about Zach Wilson maybe not being good. Um, we watched Taylor Heineke against Daniel Jones in like a quarterback hiding competition in the playoffs, in the in the um, overtime a couple of weeks ago. We get to see Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts this weekend. I'm excited for the game. Uh, some people have said that there might be 48 and a half points. I think we get 49 plus in this game, <laughs> the Eagles and the Bears. And yes, Greg, you will hear this prediction later on today. Yeah, game debut. Check it out, NFL Network. Uh, I do like when you just hit us with a, a straight up gambling point here. Uh, and that does seem like a crazy low number. <laughs> Welcome that's, to the dark side, Patrick. Yeah, it's 35. Tw- that, you know that's I want you to be 25. the president of the United States, Patrick. I've stated this on numerous occasions. Don't go too deep down this rabbit hole. No, well, the problem is um, the, the whole uh, leader of uh, this imperial uh, monstrosity. Uh, not going to do that, but I will occasionally uh, make references to wagering. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> imperial monstrosity. Uh, Greggy. Uh, I am predicting that Josh McDaniel embarrasses Matt Patricia. I don't know how. I don't know what. But this Patriot season... Um, reaches what is feels like a conclusion with a embarrassing <laughs> performance. You and hate the Patriots so much this year. I love it. Just the <laughs> offense. And uh, Josh McDaniels is just going to show what it looks like um, to embarrass your former employers. So is he going to show him up after the game, or are we going to have I, more Mac Jones? No, I, th- I honestly think if they just win the game and the Patriots' offense looks terrible and the Raiders' offense looks Competent, that's probably going to be enough, but I'm leaving room for something a little extra spicy. Um, I will go with, <clears throat> you know, I like to have fun with those those Dolphins fans. It's fun. I feel like we have a nice, it's a healthy antagonistic relationship because I do, I do kind of like them despite my abject hatred for them as well. So you know what's coming here, Dolphins. Um, Tua is going to be a natural disaster in Buffalo that will make, you know, by comparison, extreme lake effect snow look like a gentle May breeze in Maui. 
This is going to be ugly. Oh. You, you're going to see throws from Tua that you haven't seen <laughs> since your cousin's Pop Warner game where it was like, why are they putting him in a quarterback? Like, this isn't this isn't a make-a-wish thing. Like, you got to get him. He should be blocking. He can't be throwing the ball. Mm. That's what the Tua quote-unquote spirals will look like in western New York in the conditions. And needless to say, the Bills will be victorious. Mm. So we're talking like Andy Dalton that legendary TNF night, like Brian Hoyer on Wild Card Weekend. You're saying like it's it's going to be really bad. I think Gosh. it will be it will be a major uh, conversation on all of our programming, uh, including ATN. Uh, what the hell has happened to Tua and the Dolphins mm. offense? It'll be Josh Freeman starting for who was it? The Giants after just joining the team. Oh uh, no! Your, your best hope here, uh, Tua or Dolphins fans out here, or the best way Dan could be wrong is that is the weather so bad that no one no one could succeed in it like that like that game uh, on Thursday night last year. And that's what it seems like it might be. It might be so bad that like it's totally impossible. I almost think that would help the Dolphins. They can also occasionally run the ball. I don't know. Like if you're you're playing maybe the Chargers and they can't stop anybody on that, maybe you could, I don't know. And I will, I will, Dolphins fans, again, because I kind of like you, even though I hate you, I'll let you know if Tua balls out and they win that game, you will get a sincere apology from me on a Sunday night show. Because I think we I'll, need to raise the stakes. I think we need to go farther than apology. I'm gonna I will chop off my pinky finger with a meat cleaver. <laughs> yes. Now we've Rob, gone too far. Robbie uh, says I think Dan may be manifesting the Dolphins being bad into existence so the Jets can make the playoffs. There is a sneaky amount of uh Dolphins Jets heat boiling inside of Dan now that the Patriots even though the Patriots are in the race, uh I think it's the Dolphins that really bother you. And that has to make you even more sad, Greg. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Well, the the Patriots, are it's super annoying the Patriots sweeping the Jets because we all know that was Fugazi as hell, but it is what it is. So I worry about that. I need that Pats collapse. But that Jets-Dolphins Week 18 game, uh uh-oh, look out. All right. Good stuff. Thank you to Patrick as always. Thanks for watching. Thanks. Thank you to the stream team. Beautiful. The street. The, the stream, stream of ATL. ATL. The stream of ATL uh, for all you've done all season uh, on the show. We've had a lot of fun doing it and we'll continue to do it. Um, but that's it. Enjoy the games. See you Sunday night. Till then, heed the call. Bye. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 